Seven billion humans on Earth can't all like the same drink. That's why Circle K has Polar Pop and Froster. Pick your flavors and make that one in seven billion mix just right for you. Polar Pop and Froster, just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. Shut up and sit down. about beta in fandom and how to be a good beta. If you give me just a second, I have to make tea. This is terrible. I should have done it earlier, but um, this is what you get for listening to a podcast from my house. I uh, also forgot to feed my dogs. I'm feeding them now. I don't think I'm a totally terrible parent. I just forgot to do it when they normally eat. So they acted like when I brought them in to feed them because they'd been out playing that I was just, um, that they haven't eaten in 10 billion years, you know. Anyways, somebody on Facebook was asking about how to make iced tea. It's really interesting. I think that, um, I don't think anybody ever actually taught me how to make iced tea. It's just something that I've seen done so much when I was growing up. It's kind of like second nature. I do a cold brew in the fridge because I like it that way and it doesn't get cloudy. I don't like cloudy tea. Sometimes when you boil tea, it gets cloudy, especially if you're going to put it in the refrigerator afterwards. When you get it back out, it's going to be cloudy. I don't like that. So, I do a cold brew, usually about 12, sometimes 24 hours, just depending on how it looks when I bring it out to check it, just to see how the the color is. Anyways, I'm not anywhere near the chat room, so I don't know what you guys are doing in the chat room right now. It probably You're probably all up to no good, I just know it. You guys have been in there for a couple of hours, fucking around, I don't know what's going on playing with fonts and stuff like that. So, about being a beta in fandom, it is, in some situations, a responsibility that some people do not need. I have he- I have heard so many horror stories about people volunteering to beta for somebody and they get into the beta situation and, and then the author gets torn to pieces by this beta. <clears throat> and it ruins the experience for them, it ruins the story for them. I've I've had writers tell me that they stopped writing in a fandom because of a bad beta experience. So don't be a bad beta. The first thing you need to do is that a beta isn't an alpha reader. They are not an editor. Even if they do check your grammar and your, your commas, an editor has power in a writing relationship. Um, especially in a professional writing experience, um, relationship. Um, and 
Betas don't have that kind of power, or they shouldn't have that kind of hour, power. And I'm going to explain that in detail. Uh, let me get out of this kitchen. I'm probably echoing a little. Sorry. <clears throat> Anyways, what I was going to say is that editors have power. They can say yes. They can say no. They can say I'm going to buy this. They can say I'm not going to buy this. You must change this in order to be published. A beta does not have that kind of power and should not have that kind of power. So do not ever invest yourself that thoroughly in a beta's recommendations. Ultimately, it's your story, and you're the one that's going to get the feedback, whether good or bad. So it's yours. And don't let a beta insert themselves and their ideas into your work. Now, as a beta, when you go into a relationship with a new author, as a beta, the first thing you should do is ask them what they want. And then only give them what they want. If they want you to talk about characters, talk about characters. If they want to know about plot holes or missing scenes or where things need to be fleshed out, do that for them. If they just want you to pick out all the places where they didn't put the right comma or the right period, the, the period, the comma, the exclamation point, do that. If they want you to check their spelling, do that. What you volunteered for. I'm just saying, do exactly what they want. And if you can't do what they want, tell them you can't do the beta. This is how you maintain relationships with writers. Don't do what you're not asked it for. Okay, and that's just that's just what it boils down to. When I go into a beta, the the first thing that um now see Chris and the lady holder, we've been doing it for so long that we no longer have to um negotiate what I want and what I don't want, what I want to see, what I do want to see. So cause we, we've been doing it for years. But when we first started doing it, I told them what I wanted. Um, missing words, grammar if you see it, misspellings. Um, and tell me if there's anything that doesn't make sense. Now, for instance, when we went into the Lantean Legacy beta, which took over a year, I guess it took about a year with with writing. Um, we went into this beta several times, and each time I put it back into beta, I asked them, "Does this work? Does this work? Should I flesh this scene out? What do you think of this?" And Chris always, always, her job in any beta is to point out where I could be putting sex. That's her self-appointed task, and it amuses me, so I leave it in. Do I listen? Not every single time. Because Chris is a dirty old lady, and she'll put sex everywhere. Everywhere. And sometimes it's not necessary to the plot. And sometimes, even when it isn't necessary to the plot, if she's if she points it out that you could put some sex here, um, I'll go ahead and put sex there just for her, you know, just because. Um, as far as the beta process goes, if I'm not asking for um, if, like places to add or places to remove, if, if I'm not asking for scene structure feedback and it's just like a grammar, spelling, typo kind of beta, um, there's just one round 
But if I'm going to be asking for, hey, where can I flesh this out? Part is too long. What do I do here? What do you think here? What's missing here? Is there any questions? Which is, you know, really, are there any questions? Is exactly how Lanting Legacy went from like 30K to 50? Yeah. Um, And it's also how um, the original Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bomb was like 120, and now it's over 200. Questions, 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 questions. So if you give your beta the right to ask questions, um, they're going to ask questions. And um, honestly, I'm not sure I can talk about this for two hours. Just to let you know, this doesn't seem like a two-hour conversation that I'm currently having with myself. Um, There's just, you know, the, the, the main rule of being a beta is not to be an asshole. Don't be an asshole, really. Don't insert yourself into the writer's work. Don't insert your ideas and your preferences in their work. That's not what they're asking for. Don't be cruel. Don't be mean. Don't be mean. It is not your job to tear a writer apart during beta. Julie says, don't get attached to your own opinion. If a writer doesn't like your suggestion, get over it. Even if the writer is wrong, get over it. Get over it and move on. I'm hot. It's really hot in here. I think I'm going through menopause. Terrible on what to do about it. Well, I do know what to do about it, which is what every other woman in my family is in about, is bitch. Just bitch, 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 bitch. And that's what I'm going to be doing for the next, I don't know, 10 years or whatever it is. Um, anyways, I feel like my fan's not working at all. Oh, God. I'm actually kind of nauseous. Uh, Anyways, uh, ice in the world suddenly. I mean, I, I really do think I'm having some kind of bizarre menopause hot, hot flash. Back to to beta. Um, yeah, that's an, actually um, something to talk about when you're entering into a beta relationship with somebody and it's new. Ask them about the content. Now, Chris and Lady Holder, they know when they get content from me what they can expect. Hello? 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 Can you all hear me? Hmm. Okay. Well, I guess I'm talking about being a beta. Um. <laughs> all right. So the the whole. Uh, that's not good for her headset. Well, she'll she'll uh she'll come back when she can. As far as being a beta concerns goes, when it 
as a beta, as somebody who has betas, she's right. You want to make sure that you and the person who whose story you're going to be working on, that everybody is um, on the same level uh, playing field. Because I actually got a story that I volunteered to beta, and I started working on it. And I found that even though I had been prepared for what was going on with the story, um, I literally was not quite prepared when I started reading it and starting to work. Um, It did not work out. And I... um, I ended up um, bowing out and handing it back over to the authors saying that, I'm sorry, I can't handle this. And that was me knowing my limits. Now, the story in question was quite good. All right? it, was, it was very much a, a wonderful thing, but it wasn't, something, um, it wasn't something I could do. As far as what goes between Kira and, and Chris and I, um, there's not a great deal of direction anymore. She's right. What what happens now is basically look for, you know, is there any places or are there any places that need something added um, or, or do we need to clarify something, which is always helpful. Um, if we're sitting there giving her the confused looks via print, uh, you know, we, we want to make sure that, that you know, if we're confused and we've been reading this for a while, then we want to make sure that you guys, as the people who are going to get this, you know, after we've gotten the explanations, that's, you know, clarification is a wonderful thing. Um, I don't know what else to say. You know, she's right. This is this is a, not a two-hour uh, conversation. Um, it really isn't, but we can talk about bad experiences. Um the worst oh, yeah. beta experience I ever had um, was when I did The Awakening. Um, Isn't that the one that happened before uh, I came on? I think you did help me beta that, but it wasn't you that provided me the bad experience. <laughs> um, the actual beta no. went fine um, for both people who betaed. Or I think it might have been three. I'm not really sure. The problem came when one of my betas um, commented in the email she sent me, I really enjoyed this, and so did all of my friends. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. That did not It was well. not published anywhere at mm-hmm. the time. So the only way her friends could have read it is if she passed around my unbated work to her friends. Mhm. Yeah. I remember hearing about that. You and I had a long talk about that when I when I started dating for you, and it was um, 
it was a point of honor that, you know, it, it was never going to happen that I was, you know, I'm, I get way too much stuff from you to ever want or even take the chance of letting something out. You know, that's, that's, that's not going to happen. You know, and the fact that somebody did was just completely, you know, completely beyond the pale. Did you lose your phone again? Kira? <laughs> hmm. The, there's a lot of trust with being a, a beta, a great deal of trust. And I'm really glad that, you know, she and I have managed to work to that point. So, I don't know. You know, it's, it's, it's... <laughs> My phone's just being a fucking asshole. I mean, I'm just. Oh. Anyways, what did I miss? Mm-hmm. Oh, the my my reaction and the reaction of everybody to the whole um, uncouthness of the first beta or lack of honor. It was. It was terrible. It was. It was like it. You know, when I read that in her email, I was just like, "Are you for fucking serious?" I never said anything to her. I just never used her as a beta again. I didn't even respond to the email. And somewhere along there, you put in a request, "Hey, I need a beta," and I went, "Okay, I'll do it." Well, it was in the Sentinel Yahoo group. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you were one of the betas on that story. It's the other beta that did it to me. Actually, I don't think I did. It was that. like, did I? We can go over on my site and look because um, I don't actually remember, but I was pretty sure that it was you. You were one of them because mm-hmm. there were several betas on that um, on that story. Yeah, this is what we get for for having so much going between stuff. Um, yeah, you did beta it. Oh, okay. I'm 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 looking at your original beta um right now. How funny is that? <laughs> that was in two thousand nine. Oh. Two twenty eight, two thousand nine. I don't actually <laughs> put a time constraint on my beta. And here's why. They do it for free. And I trust if they're not going to be able to do it, they'll let me know. I don't ask them for updates. I No, I, I give it to them. Well, Chris, I send it to both of them. Chris normally does the first pass, and then she sends it back to me and Lady Holder. And then Lady Holder does the mm-hmm. second pass on the same beta file. So when I get the beta file, it has both of their comments and corrections in it. So I only work with one file, and, sometimes and then I use that other. file to create my final. Right. Yeah, sometimes we I use that file to, right. Yeah, a lot of times Chris will say, oh, sex here, and he'll go, yeah, definitely sex here. Blowjob there. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Definitely on the blowjob. Well, currently right now what I have in beta is 21K. Chris did her beta in about, a, I guess, maybe a week, maybe less. Chris's beta is already back. And, yeah, less. And now yeah. Lady Holder has it. 
So, and I'm yeah. about halfway through so, mine. Right. So I it's be been. I don't know. I don't know. I don't give constraints. I don't give typical turnarounds. I don't ask because they're doing it for free. Every once in a while, I get this telephone call or a text message or I got something. Can you take a look at it real quick? Okay. And look at my phone or my my um my computer, and it's like, okay, I I can do this. Sure. When do you need it? Um, soon. Okay. Soon for soon works and. I turned something back to you in like two hours or less, I think, and you freaked out. That was a good day. Sorry about the quiet, guys. But my dinner just got finished right before this thing um, started. The husband cooked. I have uh, grilled chicken, oven baked potato, or oven roasted potatoes, and green beans. Really good. Hmm. 30K. Um, I think the fastest I've ever done 30K is is probably um, an afternoon. Um, the the monster size ones normally take me a day. You know, but then again, I also read really quick, so it makes it easier. And apparently, her phone is out again. Good lord. Um, hmm. Let's see. I want. Yeah, um, there's there's times where, you know, you want something or you, you have a, a, a time period that you want to make sure that, um, you know, everything is done. <clears throat> food is food is fine. It can get nuked. Um, I'm not... I'm, I'm, well, let's put it this way. When, when Kira sends out the beta stuff I'll read it through first and make sure that <laughs> make sure that I at least know what's going on and then while Chris is doing her read through um, if I'm not comfortable with the details I will go back and reread stuff to make sure of um, to make sure of my information and then I'll pick up where you know where uh, Chris left off so it gets interesting. I noticed you're back. Yes. I had some particularly foul language to share. You guys missed it. Oh, by the way, oh. I put a little note on my radio archive um, that my show is rated R and that people shouldn't listen to it with um, out headphones in front of their children because, and I don't know why she thought this was a good idea, but I actually have a show called... Um, It's really filthy. Um, original characters in lube, and apparently she only read oh, the part about original characters, and she turned it on. And the first twenty-five minutes of that radio show is dedicated to lube and anal sex, and I speak explicitly about it. Well, she walked out of the room while it was on and comes <laughs> back, and her child of say four or five years old is just staring in fascination at at her laptop while I discuss anal sex. <laughs> yes, that happened. Now, she didn't email me to cuss me out. She just emailed me to let me know because um, after the oh, fact, God, she apparently that's found that's it funny. And it was her own fault. It's a horrible thing. So, yeah. Um, oh, God, my show is rated wow. R. 
And then she said that I should do a um, a sex talk episode for people to download for their kids. That would be blunt and and informative and probably slight, more than slightly starring. Good times. I keep waiting for her to send me an email back where the kid asked the grandma what anal sex was or something like that. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for it. Uh-huh. Huh. Yeah. Anyways. That should be fun. I do give the sex talk to various young people in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, it is blunt. It is explicit. Um, I answer all of their questions. Um... The best one I ever got was um, my cousin, I have plenty of those, caught her 14-year-old with his girlfriend, and um, he uh, had his hand in his girlfriend's pants, uh, shorts, whatever. And so they decided that he needed sex talk, and um, they decided in order to embarrass him, about this, and I didn't approve of this part, but I didn't know in advance that they were going to do this, that um, they were going to invite the girlfriend over for the sex talk. So the girlfriend and her parents showed up for the sex talk. Um, And so they, we all sit down at the kitchen table, and I get introduced, and um, my cousin's a single dad. um, And... um, he uh, introduces me and he says, you know, this is this is my cousin and um, she's got a degree and da da da, and she's going to give um, you two a talk about sex. And these two kids, both of them, turn like this bright, bright shade of red. And I'm thinking, these oh, poor kids, but, I, but I've already agreed to do it. And so I kind of got mad at oh, the parents mm-hmm. for what they were doing. And so I that they paid for it. And by the end of it, the parents were deeply, deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> because I discussed everything from fraudage to <laughs> anal sex. Oh, fraudage, God. anal sex, and everything wonderful. in between. I discussed condoms, I discussed various kinds of birth control, including an IUD, I discussed um, oral sex and um, anal sex, and just, you name it, it came up, I told him how to find a G-spot, I explained to them both how the hymen, you know, what the hymen is and how it works, and how it isn't actually a, a full barrier, and there is a hole, and that the, the, the hymen doesn't break, that it stretches, and you just. Yeah. Uh, By the time I was done, yeah. the adults were speechless and the kids were ready to ask questions. And they did ask questions for an hour and a half, and I answered every single one of them. Yeah. That's, you know. Up into and including 
how both of the best ways for both of them individually to masturbate. <laughs> oh boy. There you go. There you go. Because what? No, you don't embarrass your kids about sex. You educate your kids about sex. They yeah. don't make stupid mistakes. I am proud to say that not one person that I've given the sex talk to has accidentally gotten pregnant or gotten somebody pregnant you know, by that, accident. That's good, too. That, that's actually a really good thing to know. I... Firmly believe, uh, we talked about lubrications, which is the best ones for anal sex, which is the best ones for vaginal sex. I mean, you named it, you name it, I talked about it. Talked about sex toys and dildos and vibrators and why, you know, and why someone her age shouldn't use a vibrator because it desensitizes the clit. As you know, you wait till you're older to use a powerful vibrator, but a massager you could buy at Walmart would be perfectly okay. You know, those ones with a little battery that is it's not gonna be very powerful. <laughs> so it's not gonna de- desensitize your um your clitoris to stimulation. But really at your age your best bet is to, to rub. And make sure you use make make sure that your fingers aren't dry. And I I, I look right yeah. at him when I say <laughs> make sure your fingers uh-huh. aren't dry because <laughs> that's the most painful thing a dude can do to you <laughs> consensually <laughs> anyway mm-hmm. yeah there's but yeah and wow. uh, yeah i also talked about blue balls and how that's not really a thing and i said you know and honestly if a girl doesn't want to have sex with you you're not going to die and no you're not going to kill a boy by saying no you know just um it's not a problem that's just not true, you know, and the best thing you can do is respect yourself and respect your partner. That's true across the board. So maybe I will give a sex talk and put it on my radio show. <laughs> maybe you the know, next time I do a sex talk, talk, I'll just record it. <laughs> Actually, no, but you know, I'm, I'm just thinking about it because in some ways, a lot of what uh, a lot of what we've talked about over the last, you know, six months of doing this are a kind of continuing ed sex talk because we've talked about everything from anal sex to lube to consent to, you know, um, God, I don't know. I mean, writing sex is, you know, all of these things, you know, it's all been there. But sticking it all in one show, um, that would actually be pretty interesting, I think. Sex talk with Kira, because I love sex talk with Sue. <laughs> uh-huh. That would definitely be fun. Um, I think that um, a lot of times, uh, you know, but really, honestly, ever since even before I was, even when I was a virgin, among my friends, I was more um, educated when it came to sex than any of my friends, because my mother is the same way. And if you ask her a question about sex, you're going to get a very frank answer. Yeah. As I've I learned. I've done a lot of the same. Mm-hmm. When I was young, um, I came home mm-hmm. and asked a question that, in retrospect, I wish I hadn't asked. And um, at the time, because I really wasn't quite prepared for the answers that I got. 
Uh, yeah, I, you know, it would have been fine if she had just said that a blowjob is when a girl kisses a boy's private place. That would have been perfectly fine. I would have totally got what she meant, and I would have been on about my day. But two hours later, I knew exactly what a blowjob was. Exactly. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Exactly. You know, here here's something. That could be... Get your mom on for that one. That will definitely be a hell of a uh, a welcome to uh, to Kira's world. Mm, good lord. <clears throat> uh, you know, actually, I had hey, people get fun. very surprised when they found out I was a virgin because of how much I knew about sex. And um, yeah. I remember when I was when I was um, still a virgin and talking to, to some of my friends how much people didn't know, and it's like really that's not good, and especially considering that since um, mid-teens for me was pretty much you know. Um, I'd grown up, you know, as soon as, as sexuality started really making a thing, you know, we had AIDS. And so making sure that you were aware and safe was something that, you know, um, it was a big thing. And so... AIDS, when, when AIDS was first connected to sex, um, you and I were in school around the same time. We were, we were, we were like, what, mm-hmm. six months apart in age? Six I remember... Months, yeah. Getting a demonstration on how to put a condom on. And today, today, kids don't get that demonstration. You know that, right? Oh, yeah, Conservatives and teabaggers have infiltrated so much of sex education, they actually teach abstinence in most schools. So these kids Isn't aren't even getting a lecture on how to put a condom on anymore. <clears throat> yeah. There's a um, town in Texas that's, that's reaping exactly what they've sown. They got a chlamydia outbreak. uh, Thankfully, I mean, as horrible as it is to have an STD, at least it's chlamydia, and it's not like syphilis or like it, yeah, or herpes or AIDS. Oh yeah, herpes won't kill you, but um, it's extremely painful. Oh, it's just figuring out. Yes, it is. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I got Um, like um, how to put a condom on. We 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 got. Explicit, because they were so afraid of AIDS. I mean, when the, when AIDS stopped being just a gay disease to these people, when mm-hmm. it, when heterosexuals started getting it, and it, you know, in because men bringing it home from their husband, you know, from to their wives mm-hmm. and their mistresses or hookers, and you know, all this mm-hmm. unprotected sex, um, and it came back to bite heterosexuals. Suddenly, there was this giant movement to make sure everybody knew how to prevent it. You gotta wear a condom. Yep. You gotta be safe. You gotta wear a condom. You gotta wear a condom. I mean, I must have heard you've got the condoms are not negotiable. In fact, condoms were so mm-hmm. ingrained into my head that I have only ever had sex with one man without a condom, and that's the one I married. And I made him use condoms even after I moved in with him until I got an engagement oh. ring. After I got an engagement ring and I was pretty convinced I was 
going to marry him, I made that decision, and I said, okay, we can stop using condoms. And he was kind of shocked because he'd never been with anybody without a condom either. He had never even had a blowjob without a condom. So you could say that for how... four weeks after the condoms went away, we had a great time. <laughs> because there's a big difference between... I mean, for, even for a woman, there's a big difference between having a condom and not having a condom. There's a, it's very raw. It's very, um, mm-hmm. it's, I don't, I can't even, wow. I had no idea that little bear of, of, of latex was doing that. But um, I would have it no other way because there's no, mm-hmm. because I, um, it keeps you safe. Better to lose a little bit of sensation and be safe than be dead. Yeah. One of the, the, the things that, um, I mean, everybody knows that I was in the Navy. And one of the things that my ship did, which was smart, and um, the husband would have to tell me if his did it, was, pardon him, he is uncouth, um, at every gangplank, they had a box of condoms, and the guys could take them. Yeah. No, I'm still eating. You know, um, and so you know, the the dessert. Till you finish eating. Uh, yes, yeah, that's fine. I'll finish. Uh, husband. What? On the ships that you served on before the one that we shared, when they when people were leaving for leave, did, was there a box of condoms, full of condoms? Yeah. Yes, there was. So, you know, the the maybe at least is is. You know, pretty serious about you know making sure that the guys and the girls. They don't do that. Oh, they don't. No. Damn it. Well, they were. They were being smart about it. Not uh, the. Not the. Well, correct anymore. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna test my phone company out. Yeah, good luck on that. No, I'm going to cuss them out. Really? I If you're going to cuss them out, can I be on your cell phone when you do that so I can listen? You might. I, I can do a three, I, hey, I can do a three-way phone call. I can do a her, her menage. Phone, her phone company is apparently <laughs> is apparently having problems. <laughs> they keep dropping her her uh, service. <laughs> I might record it for the fucking radio show. Oh, yeah. anyway, anyway, yeah, it, you know the 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 state of sex education in this country is scary because these kids aren't learning what they need to learn, and um, you know it's there was this analogy that was in the eighties that I saw somewhere where it said that not giving your kids a proper sex talk was like putting a pool in your backyard and not teaching your child to swim. Because you put a pool in your backyard and you tell your kid not to get in it. And you don't teach them how to swim. And you say, don't get in it, don't get in it, don't get in it. And you turn their back and you and you, you, you turn your back on your kid and then your kid's dead in the pool mm-hmm. because you didn't teach them how to swim. And I am sorry, yep. but premarital sex is not should not be punishable by death. 
Having sex nope. shouldn't be a death sentence. Give you an idea of how dim um, sex, sex ed is or was. Um, 14 years ago or so, I was still in the service. <clears throat> and we had a guy who went out on liberty, liberty um, with his cousin, and he picked up his entertainment for the night, and they had vaginal sex, and he was smart. He wrapped everything up, and she gave him a blowjob, and for that, he didn't wrap anything up. And... A couple days later, we had shipped out, and he was starting to have some problems. And so he went to medical, and medical being the absolute sweethearts that they are, did all the tests to determine exactly uh, what he had acquired. And um, I think it was chlamydia. All right. <laughs> yes, he, he he acquired uh his his penis's bad breath from from her um previous customer. <laughs> yeah. Um which was why we all <laughs> made absolutely certain to remind him every leave thereafter, every liberty thereafter that he had enough condoms to take care of his rounds of vaginal and oral sex. So he got an impacted tooth, huh? No, not so much. Bunch for Monday. Thanks. Yeah. Um, it. I yeah. It was it was pretty disgusting to to realize what had problems, but he never lived it down. I mean, I was no, getting ready to leave the not. ship, and I still asked the guy. I still asked the guy. So okay, Connor- next time you go on Liberty, you are. Hmm. Got enough condoms? <laughs> Got enough condoms? You are, I mean, you're going to wrap it for when she blows you, right? Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> God, you're an idiot. Wrap it. Oh, yeah. If it gets, if it goes anywhere near somebody, you know, wrap it, wrap it, wrap it. I had a teacher who said, <laughs> if you're going to take it out, put a raincoat on it because it's raining STDs. In some parts of the world, it sure as hell is. <laughs> he totally meant it. He totally meant it. Oh, but yeah, for real. Um, those of you who are single, don't let a man convince you to blow him without a condom on. Um, you can get syphilis. Uh, you can get chlamydia, and yeah, you can get herpes. Um, yeah, you can get all these things from a blowjob. Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> don't. Yeah, they've got they've got all sorts of different, um, you know, things that you can. They use do have flavored condoms, but I actually don't recommend them. Um, and also, you don't want to use a lubricated condom for a blowjob. Oh, ick! Oh, ick! Right. Just saying. I'm just saying. I gotta put it out there for those people who aren't aware. 
don't 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 do the banana flavor because it tastes like shit. Not literally because I have no idea what shit tastes like. I'm just saying that it doesn't taste good. <laughs> mhm. Oh yeah, and guys, um, oh no, it's not. Um, the the other thing is is you know, and and you would think this would be common sense, but condoms are one use only. Okay, you can't rinse them out and reuse them. You gross bastard. No. No. <laughs> no, you can't. And if you heard him say that, you forget you heard that because that's bullshit and untrue. Okay? No. You're getting tested out also, on the radio show. Also, if you're having sex with somebody I mean, and um, ejaculation happens, um, you should, the man should pull out immediately. He should grab the rim of the condom and pull out before his erection completely um, deflates. That's sexy, isn't it? Um, because you don't want to yeah, lose the condom. And you can lose a condom. I've done it. You don't want to do that. It's a terrible experience that might actually involve your gynecologist. Oh yes, because oh yeah. I had a I have a cousin who lost a condom. It didn't come back out. She had to go to her gynecologist to get it taken out because it slipped past her cervix and ended up in her womb. And she had to get um up with with the speculum and yeah yeah. I'll pass on that. Though. Also, if you're um if you have sex with a man and you know you, there's ejaculation and he pulls out properly, um he needs to remove the condom and throw it away and get a new one for the next round if there's going to be another round. Don't let him continue to wear that condom and try to have sex with you again. Mhm. Yeah, it's they're one-time use only. Yeah. I mean, you know, because guys do this. If you're down to one condom, you get to have sex once, period. I don't want to know where Barb found that one out. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I guess there's... I, you can't uh, use saran wrap? No. As a condom? And and I really am... I really don't want to know if there are, you know, all natural... Um, all natural oh, old-fashioned yeah. condoms, because if there are, that's just gross. You don't lamb yeah, skin lamb lamb skin condoms. You can buy them in the box. They're a little more expensive than latex condoms. They are not. They do not keep you safe from STDs. They're for mm-hmm. birth control only. They also make polyurethane. Uh. Um, condoms. So if you encounter a man that says he can't use condoms because he's allergic to latex, there is another option. They're polyurethane. They're not latex. He can wear a condom. Don't let him lie to you. In fact, 
if he does tell you he can't use condoms because he's allergic to latex, punch him in his face and break up with him. Mm. I'm just saying. Because you don't want to be with a man who would lie about something like that because it means he's gotten away with it before and some woman has had sex with him without a condom. That means he has unprotected sex and you don't want that man's dick in you. There are other materials that make condoms. That they make condoms from, yeah. including polyurethane or something like that. It's not latex that you can use. Do not have unprotected sex with a man unless you're living with him in a monogamous relationship. For lesbians, there's dental dams. Don't have sex with a woman that you're not in a committed relationship with without a dental dam. Don't put your tongue somewhere that, that without protection. <laughs> and being a, a, you know, hey, look, non-latex condoms. And Lady Holder found you a link. <laughs> um, hmm. Yeah, you can use a latex glove, um, as a dental dam for for when you're with a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, because genital herpes can infect the mouth and the eyes, and I think the nose as well. Anywhere you have a, a membrane that gets mm-hmm. that has moisture, um, herpes can be a problem. Yep. And not all latex gloves are powdered. No, some are not. It um, just depends that, on the by brand. The way, it's a female condom. Huh. Let's see. Okay, so the husband asked, how can you tell the difference with a female condom? Um, do they have little titties? Unfortunately, that's not quite the right thing. And if you see one um, that has that, run in the other direction. That's a dental dam. He's so foolish. That's your husband. The you problem put, is... You put a ring on that. I know. You put a ring on I that. Know. <laughs> I know. I know. Ah, she's saying the same damn thing. <laughs> that's right. And, uh, Echo's saying nothing is 100% effective, so get STD checkups. Um, here's something else. I have a friend who... Um, she's been married for 15 <laughs> years, and she suddenly, out of the blue got an STD. So she comes home and she's furious with her husband. She has every right to be, right? And um, she's yelling at him and he's swearing, he's swearing he's not cheating on her. She must have gotten it from a toilet seat. You don't get STDs from toilet seats. You don't No, you really don't. get STDs from toilet seats. And don't ever let anyone tell you that they got one from a toilet seat. It does not happen. What's on toilet seats? Bacteria. And you probably don't know and you probably don't want to know 
what kind of bacteria. But what's not on a toilet seat living is a virus, and STDs are viruses. Mm-hmm. Herpes, AIDS, <clears throat> chlamydia, none of these things, um, syphilis, none of these things can live outside the body. I do carry Lysol, Viserius. I recommend that you all do spray that shit down. But it still, it still isn't a problem because, as far as, far as STD goes, because you cannot get an STD from a toilet seat. Needless to say, she did file for a divorce. And come to find out, there's more than one woman. Um, but oh, yeah, geez. you cannot get an STD from a toilet seat. And if anybody ever gives you an STD and tries to tell you that you got that they got it from a toilet seat, just punch them in the face. Now, Echo and Jilly are telling me that chlamydia is actually a bacteria. You still can't get it from a toilet seat. That's just gross, though. What is it? Um, Mythbusters <laughs> had an episode on certain things. Ah, uh, yuck. Yeah. Yeah. Business. Yeah. No. Here's the thing about having sex with a liar. Um, when you have sex with a liar, someone who lies to you about being allergic to latex or... Um, not being able to use condoms because the condom is too tight, or um, some people some people are genuinely allergic to latex. That's true. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean they can't use condoms. That's not an excuse to not use a condom. Um, when you lie, when you have sex with somebody who's lying to you, you're putting your life in their hands, and this dishonesty can kill you. Yes, we have very good treatments for AIDS in today's society, but people still die from mm-hmm. it. Regularly, unfortunately. Yes, syphilis is treatable, but did you know that you can have syphilis and have no symptoms? And that untreated syphilis will drive you insane? I mean literally insane. And it will kill you. If I remember right, there was an episode of House where um, he had an elderly patient who was quite erratic for some reason, and lo and behold, to find out she um, she had syphilis and was in the last stages of it, I think. You know, and yeah, oops. So. There's also HPV. Um, HPV can Uh, give you cancer in your mouth, in your Mm -hmm. throat, on your cervix. Um, Just Mm -hmm. be safe. Just Mm -hmm. be safe. Get tested regularly and be safe. (laughs) Hey, husband? Yes. Somebody asked, uh, do you have have a clone who's who's not in a permanent relationship and in the market? No, why? Because I, I, I'm, I'm starting to get offers for you, apparently. Why? Uh-oh. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, I've been married for 15 years. It'll be 15 in August, and I still get tested every year. Every year. I've been married year. for 16, and I would get tested with the Navy, yeah. Because my marriage certificate didn't automatically protect me from those things. My husband's honesty protects me from those things. Honesty and integrity protects me now from those things because I don't use condoms with my husband. So really, marriage in the modern society is like the ultimate... Or not using condoms is like the ultimate commitment you can make with somebody. Mhm. It is the ultimate trust. So don't waste it on the, so don't waste it on somebody who doesn't deserve it. So as um the reward for eating all of my dinner, I got chocolate ice cream. Yay. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> mhm. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things that that you have to be very careful of nowadays. I mean, it's not just you know getting the chance of getting pregnant, it's the chance of, of taking on a permanent border that can, you know, that can and will kill you in a manner that's just horrific. <laughs> that's, no, we have not echo, but let's do that. Um, I'm put this out here. Um, don't, don't let a man jerk off in your face. There's just no other way to put it. Don't yeah. let a man jerk off in your face. On your face. Oh, gross. You can get STDs in your eyes if ejaculate ends up in your eye. Um, and also, this is just me, and it's a... There is something humiliating about the idea of a man coming on my face. I would never let a man do it. I wouldn't let my husband do it. And I'd probably smack him in the face if he asked. That would be interesting. Because it, it it's just it's so disrespectful to me. I very disrespectful. I feel like it's like, you know, coming on my tits is, I don't know, that's not a problem at all. But um, um, the face is, I don't know, I don't know. But, you know, I'm the same woman who could get smacked on the ass and not even blink, but if you smack my face, I'm fucking you up. <laughs> so maybe that's part of it. Maybe, maybe that's part of it. I don't know. I just, don't let a man come on your face. No. 
I never have. I can say that with all honesty. Um, hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Going going bare is a very large decision. I don't consider really virginity is. a gift. I never did. Um, virginity is a social construct, and it only has as much meaning it, meaning as you give it. Men give it a lot of meaning. They put a lot into it, losing theirs and taking yours. They put a lot of thought and feeling into virginity. Um, it comes back to property and women being treated like property and men like liking the idea of no one else having something that they have, like nobody else having their woman but them. Um, the boy mm-hmm. who took my virginity didn't know he was my first. Hmm. Until the very moment he was my, my first. Because <laughs> obviously I couldn't really um, hide the ramifications of my hymen being um, mm-hmm. that. Um, <clears throat> so I don't consider virginity uh, a gift. And it wasn't a gift to him. It was um, a hindrance for me personally. And honestly, I wish I'd gotten my hymen removed in the doctor's office. I didn't have that particular problem. Um, my my thing was it was um, if I had a regret about it, it was that it was that the, the guy in question wasn't nearly as good as the, I wished he had been. <laughs> yeah, we're right. talking about facials. We sure yep. are. Facials and and pearl necklaces. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. If you don't know what a pearl uh, you know what, if you're in my chat room and you don't know what a pearl necklace is, I need you to go to Google and look it up. I firmly believe in self-education. Mm-hmm. Probably be best if you look it up in the Urban Dictionary. <clears throat> or just put pearl necklace and sex in Google. That works I'm too. sure it will give you exactly what you need. Mhm. Because some people don't know what it is, Solas, so they have to look it up. Look at you cheating for them. Um. And besides, I spend most of my day looking up distasteful things on Google. That's what Google is for: spell check and looking up dirty things. Mostly spell check.
Yeah, mostly spell check. Um, <clears throat> yeah, every once in a while I'll get an email or something on, you know, what is this? Or, or when you and I talk and we're talk, we, we get sidetracked about a, a conversational piece. Uh, you know, there's very little about sex that I consider um, uh, too dirty to discuss. A pearl necklace mm-hmm. doesn't meet that standard. Um, but then I'm also mm-hmm. someone who can write rimming like a boss. I don't have any problem writing rimming. Mm-hmm. Apparently that's a, a big deal for some people. Um, I don't got a problem doing it either, just to be perfectly frank. Mm-hmm. Uh, Well, there is that one thing that should never be Googled, and we're not discussing it. <laughs> there is that one <clears throat> one thing that should never be Googled. <laughs> yes, Miss Arius, that will be it. We're not discussing it. The thing that shall not be named. The Voldemort of, <laughs> of Google. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. Don't look it up if you're in the chat room. Don't 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 do it. It's bad. It's not even real. It made me throw up. It's anyways. Where was I? Where were we? Last I knew, pearl necklaces and anal sex and and hey, um, uh, rimming, rimming, rimming. Um, like I said, there's very little sexually that um b- between two consenting adults. Or three or four consenting to adults ever, ever how you want to roll, mm-hmm. that I really have a problem with. Um, I don't particularly um, uh, puppy play uh, bothers me a mm-hmm. bit. Um, pony play, uh, no. Um, I mean, it's fascinating, but I don't think it's sexy. Um, I, th- I don't think it's sexy for anybody to pretend to be an animal. I don't know. It's kind of like sex, mental though. bestiality. Yeah, it is. All fetish behaviors about sex, whether they actually have sex or not. I don't like furry either. Furries, uh, uh-uh. uh, uh, it's like intellectual bestiality. Mhm. Baby play. Makes me deeply uncomfortable, oh, and I didn't even know it existed until I watched this episode. You know where I'm going? CSI. CSI introduced the entire planet to baby play. Right? None of us knew what it was, or I didn't know what it was. I was very young, and I was like, "What is this? What is this? What? Where are they? Oh, what are they doing? Oh, why is there a big crib in there? Why was he in a diaper?" Oh, God, what is this? See, no. I had no idea. (laughs) CSI totally, like, educated everybody. They do that a lot. Infantilism is not pedophilia. um, But I I am uncomfortable with it. I don't consider it pedophilia Mm -hmm. because it's two adults, one pretending to be a baby. Um... I, uh, here's something that makes me deeply uncomfortable. When men refer to their wives as mama, not go ask your mama, but actually call her that when he's talking to her. 
Uh, I had a boyfriend yeah. in college who wanted me to call him daddy. Uh-oh. I stopped dating him. I broke up with him. Can't say they blame you. <clears throat> I'm not calling him that mother. I'm not calling any man that I fuck daddy. That's just wrong. It's just wrong. No. Yeah. Now we know. Not now we know why that, that scene happens with Matt. Not gonna do it. Right? Yeah. Because my shit kind of sticks sticks <laughs> in there. Uh huh. Not gonna happen. What is yiffing? Don't wanna know. No. I'm googling it. Yiffing. Me too. Don't worry if you're on the radio show listening. I am going to um to uh, uh. read you the definition. Yiffing. Usually refers to cybersex between two or more members of the furry fandom. Originally refers to the sound that foxes make when mating. Members of the furry fandom may use the term to refer to actual sexual content contact, usually in a light hearted manner. It is also a term used at fur cons, which would be a furry convention for those of you who aren't aware. To inquire about sexual intentions between fursuiters, fursuiters being people who dress up in fur costumes, like animals. <clears throat> An example of this I would be... I hate to see those guys the, the, this, this is me in teacher mode. The anthrofox smiled at the mass of horny furries, knowing that a good yiffing session would soon follow. I think I want to get sick. Okay. I think that's great. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be involved, but I think that's fabulous. <laughs> you know? Furry, furry fraudage. Is- and fraudage <laughs> is, for those of you who are not aware, is sexual rubbing to the point of orgasm. Uh-huh. Usually, it it's a gentle it's gentle to genital contact. You can be clothed for frottage. It's not nearly as stimulating as when you're naked. You know. Basically, ladies, you know those dates where it ended with your boy with your date humping your leg. Mm-hmm. It's so in some fashion or another that would be considered frottage, at least for him. Not so much for you. <laughs> well, I would assume, uh, Sybil, in order to make sure the costume stayed clean, that they would put the condom on <laughs> before they put the costume on to make sure that the dick doesn't actually, um, or, you know, just... At, you want to keep the inside of the costume clean. Oh. Oh. I mean, I mean, I'm just saying. It also, honestly, ejaculate is very difficult to get out of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it is. 
Oh, the chafing. Okay. Sorka says costumes tend to be rubberized for easy cleaning on the inside. That. Oh. It's funny as fuck. <clears throat> okay, so most uh, a good number of you guys know that Barbara and I um, live in the same area, and we tend to to get together and occasionally go out and do stuff. Um, one of not this last year but the year before we went to our local renaissance fair and i think we managed to make it on the science fiction anything goes weekend and apparently anything was really going and we were sitting um in one of the stages enjoying our storyteller and several furries walked by just at the right point uh, I think at that point he was commenting about weapons of mass distraction and some furries with some artfully placed fur walked by and completely derailed him. Um, there, there you go. Yeah. It was it was very definitely a case of what the fuck. And everybody looked and they waved at him and skipped on off down the, the, the road. You know, it's just like, Really? I have been derailed. Um, When you're giving a prepared speech or you're telling a prepared story, you know, something you have in advance, and something Mm -hmm. happens in the midst of this and you get thrown off, it can be very disconcerting and you just kind of get lost for like five, six, sometimes 30 seconds. (laughs) It can be ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And then you just lost it. You're like, well, and you want to apologize, it, it absolutely, you know, sorry, I don't yeah. even know what to do with myself. <sighs> well, it absolutely floored me because the the thing with this this gentleman is he's been doing it for more than 20 years. He's got a very slick um, and well-practiced, you know, thing that he does. And it's very much, you know, he, he knows what he's doing. He's He's done it, he does it four times a day, you know, uh, nine nine for nine weeks in in our fair, and like Barbara said, it was he was completely flabbergasted and just had no idea how to get everything back together. And you know, it just it took him time. But the only other time that I saw him a bit non plus was um, same weekend. I think it was even the same show. And uh, there is a whole group of cosplayers who do um, Monty Python and the Search for the Holy Grail. And they've got everything down to the coconuts. And the (laughs) whole group of them go around the fair. And they were, you know, trotting with the coconuts, making the noise, up to you know, to the, the the stage and pass by, and he, you know, I waved my hand and pointed over at at the king, and he he interrupted himself and congratulate you know, you know, hailed the king, and you know, off we went. It was an absolutely great time, <laughs> and, and Barbara's right, he's on he's on YouTube, he's funny, you know, so all good times. Um, I don't know. I mean, we talk about everything. We we think about most of us are very well educated as far as um, as far as as it seems like the basic idea of what 
and how to stay safe, you know. Um, and we seem to, to reach out to the people around us to try and keep them safe as well. And that's, that's a good thing. You know, um, I think one of the things that those of us who write are, are almost obligated to do, if you write a sex scene, be factual, be correct. If you're going to... Um, if you're going to have, you know, complete strangers crawl into bed with each other, you know, don't do it without, you know, sure, I don't need a condom. I can tell you're clean. You look clean. You know, it doesn't work that way. Kids read this stuff, unfortunately, and we can't control it once it's 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 out unless you put an age restriction on everything. I you understand know. the point you're making here, um, but mm-hmm. this is where we're going to have to agree to disagree. Um What? I don't write sex for sex education. I write sex for I entertainment. Like I don't and, write sex for um, sex education either, but I at least want to be... Look, I don't want to be the, the the type of thing where the, he reaches for the gun oil as lube. No. Well, no, but no, that's not... Well, actually, there yeah. is a gun... There's a, there's a lube called gun oil, so that's not actually a good, a good yeah. example. But um, what I would say is that... Um, I don't always put condoms in my books, in my stories. I don't either. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm not someone who's going to lecture another author about using condoms. Um, I, if someone makes a mistake in a sex scene, I'm not going to point it out unless they ask me to. Like I've had people who actually just sent me their sex scene for beta. Okay. Because, to quote her, you write really good sex and I don't, so can you fix this? <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure, I can fix this. There's no fucking way your your hero's penis is 12 inches long. Are you crazy? <laughs> Look, here's the thing. When you get over 10 inches in the penis department, you start to have erection issues, as in the penis does not get fully erect. That's no fun. No fun for anyone. Um, the average penis is five inches long, or I guess depending on um, race, because there is a difference in um, the, the different ethnic groups. Um, five is uh, honestly... I don't know how to say this without being... The ugly, average so American say this penis is 5.6 inch, inches. Right. So there you go, 5.6. Um, here's the thing. I write a big dick because I think a big dick is sexy. I don't write little ones because I don't think little ones are sexy. Um, so the there's way, never going to be a story district, where... What? The smallest uh, erect penis in the study was 1.6 inches. That's a pitiful shame. We should take up money so we can get a penis transplant <laughs> or something. Implant something I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying I'm I'm not even sorry I'm not um I am not going to write a small penis because I don't think it's sexy. Period. Um, the smallest I would ever write would be seven. 
If I read a book where a penis was described as short and slender, I would stop reading the book. Well, what that really means is hamster dick. You're absolutely right, Azor. <laughs> God. Oh, speaking of um, penises and and enjoyable uh, ogling of, has have, has everybody seen? The um, thing with with Christopher or Chris Helmsworth and his um, artful posing for the new movie he's in. Yeah, that's kind of people are saying that that's not his actual penis. Yeah, I've seen it. It's not his actual. I know penis. it's not his actual. It doesn't matter. It's still nice. <laughs> Can you imagine that phone call? Hey, dude, do you mind doing basically a cameo in our movie where we're going to give you a giant dick? And you walk around in your underwear? <laughs> Hell yeah, man, I'll do that. Can I pick the dildo we use? Come on. Tony standing around doing his sore pose with a big dick there, boom. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. It's great. Yep. Uh, you know, and honestly, it's such a play on the, because uh, this is Rusty Grimwald instead of, you know, it's the it's the it's the boys' story, the boys' vacation. This is um, National Lampoon's um, vacation. Um, it's not a reboot. It's kind of like a sequel where the boy is all grown up and he has a family. So he's taking his own family on vacation, and um, mm-hmm. I like that they did it with Chris Hemsworth because in the original it was Christy Brinkley, um, you know, playing the hot girl on the road. You know, mm-hmm. and so Chris Hemsworth, it's you know, it's really objectifying to women, so it's kind of fun to see a man objectified that way, and um, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, there you go. Click the link. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you know... Now there'll be be rumors for decades that that really was his dick. He'll be on talk shows, was that really your dick? Yeah, that was really my dick. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. That was all me. That was 100% Hemsworth. 100% Hemsworth, Uh right there. But anyway, um, yes, that's just fun. Um, I have a question. It's um, in a private message asking about July rough trade. I haven't made any firm decisions about boot camp. Um, my original thought was to do. Um, <laughs> here's my thing. I got ambitious when I was planning rough trade for this year, and in my notebook it says July boot camp four one week challenges. Huh. Wow, that would definitely be that would definitely be um challenging. That's that's what my boot camp says. Four one week challenges. Yeah. But I know, right? But what I've decided I'm going to do is um 
I would never do a Drabble boot camp because I hate Drabbles. I fucking hate them. What I have um, kind of been thinking of is that to open the whole month up for the challenge and to create a list of um, <coughs> prompts, and you have to and you have to pick four. And your goal for the month would be to write um, 40k on these uh, four topics. Like it could be like um, your, you know, one of your protagonists is a cop, one of your protagonists is an astronaut, you know, like that. You know, one's a vampire, one's a werewolf, mm-hmm. and then you would have four that you would write during the month of July, and they have to be at least 10k a piece. No, the whole point is to write short stories. Boot camp is a write, is about writing a short story because the short story is a lost art. It is especially a lost art in fandom. Um, but as a professional writer, I have to tell you that there's money to be made in short story works, especially for independent publishers. So I want you to write short stories. I want you to learn that structure and learn to confine yourself and your idea to a short story. I think it's a super important skill for you to have. Which is why last year's boot camp was short stories and why and why this this year's boot camps boot camp will be short stories. And I'm not sure how many short um, you know how many topics I'll have and what your um you know what you're going to be challenged to do. So, uh, but when I figure that out, I'll I'll, I'll I will put it up on the site. Um, I think that maybe if we do four, that we could do two original and two fandom. Because so, I like to like nod my head at fandom during July because that's our last chance to ensure there's some fandom activity. Because in November, it's the dealer's choice. I mean, not the dealer's choice, but it's the author choice. You get to decide what you're going to do because that's nano, and I don't want to put any kind of limitations on um, your, um, your nano work because um, that's when you write books for publication if you're going to do that. You know, so uh, I think that I I really believe that learning the structure of a short story and developing it is a great skill for a writer to have, and the short story is a lost art form. Um, so I would, um, like to see everybody do, like, um, uh, like 10K per story. And it, it, um, it'll, it'll, it'll be three or four, um, stories that that you can do during that month. And there won't be, like, a time Mm -hmm. limit on when you do it. Like, you have to do that first story in the first week. If you finish your first story in the first two days, you can start your second one. So if you finish all your short stories before the end of the month, good for you. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a you know it's it, it, I mean it's something that you should um, try to invest yourself in as a writer because it's a great skill to have and um, it also um, can teach you to structure both your chapters and your entire book. I think it's best if you only work on it one at a time. Um, but you can only post one at a time. What you do in private will, will, will of course, be none of my business. Um, but uh, I think that 
it works best, especially for your readers, if you only post one short story at a time as you're working on it and then move to the next one when you're done. But I really believe that that's what July should be about. It's about, you know, um, exploring short stories and developing that concept and um, imposing limitations on yourself and on your work and confining yourself to a single plot point. That's what happens in short stories. It's a confined bubble. There's no subplots. There are no extra characters that serve no purpose. It's it's a very confined, constricted space. But done right, it can be extremely powerful. Because I'm not sure if you know this, but Brokeback Mountain was originally a short story. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Misery was supposed to be a short story. There's a oh. great YouTube video on on um, YouTube about it where Stephen King is talking about the lost art form of the short story and um, how you know how he likes to write short stories and how Misery was supposed to be a novella or a short story. Or I think he might have used the term novella, which is um, what you can call basically anything under 50k is a novella. Um, Mm-hmm. And uh, anything over anything over fifty is considered a novel in 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 most publishing houses. Uh, so yeah, you know, just uh, I think it's a great skill to have and to work to work on. So and I think that's what boot camp should be about at um at Rough Trade, uh, learning to confine yourself because once you learn to tell a story in a small space, telling a story in a Big space becomes super easy because if you plot each chapter like a small, like a short story, and you put these short stories together, you build a book. I like the Green Mile. I think the the, the Green Mile was written as um, short stories. Um, so yeah, it's just an interesting thing to do, and you can connect your short stories absolutely um, if you can figure out how to do that with the, with the topics that I give you. Um, <clears throat> I think it'd be fun. So that's what that's what we're going to do for Rough Trade. Uh, and I'm not sure about topics. I think that um, or fandoms for that matter. Um, last year we did. What what we do for fandoms? Harry Potter and Stargate um, for the fandoms. So, So, I think that Stargate will remain one of the fandoms, and um, I'm not sure what the other fandom will be. Maybe Hobbit, Lord of the Rings. Well, it is something that, you know, we're both kind of obsessed with. And we've managed to, or or I've managed to to drag you kicking and screaming into it. And then, of course, you've managed to drag others into it as well. So, you know, I'm not even going to bother the term drag. You avoided for a very long time. And then all of a sudden you started reading. And then I got the, you did this to me. And I'm sitting there going, okay, one more. Here, have some more. Try this one. It's good. (laughs) 
is why I got phone calls um, and nasty comments. Huh. Uh, ignoring me. I'm not ignoring you. I'm thinking. <laughs> I think that... Um, uh, I kind of want to make November original fiction. Hmm. But I also don't want to force anybody not to participate in Rough Trade during Nano by restricting it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it becomes iffy. Um, <clears throat> as far as that goes. That's her because she needs to watch Five Armies as well. Huh. You know, what's really interesting, being a writer and not having a pen available, it just seems kind of like an oxymoron. How can you not have a pen available at all times? Uh, I can't help you on that one. I'm going on you. So what are you trying to write down? Well, I've been talking about. Okay. Let's Duh. see. I got a tip. I Okay. Oh, I have a confession. Confess this to Mariah. So I'm going to confess it to you guys. Um, one of the reasons why I have not worked on Dragon Rising, which is the sequel to Birth of the Serpent King, is that I lost the plot. I mean that literally. I literally lost the plot for that trilogy. Oh, dear. It's in a composition notebook somewhere in my house, of which I have several hundred, and most of them don't have names on their covers. And so I have to read and Sometimes my a composition notebook will have two or three different stories in it because it's 100 pages, right? You can do a lot with 100 pages. And I'm just not sure which one it is, and I lost it. It's it's somewhere in the yeah. house. That's about all I know. So I'm having to look for it, yeah. and that's why I haven't written any. Because I lost, I literally lost the plot. And when I told her this, she giggled. She thought it was really funny. So um, I thought I would share that with you guys. I literally lost the plot to Dragon Rising. So I have an idea of where I was going to go with it, but I don't have all the details, and it's really frustrating. Mm. <coughs> yeah, this this is where I wish I could, you know, swing by your house and 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 uh, you know just okay, you know, pick one, flip, and write down what's in it, and okay, <laughs> just flip. I think you would. Um, I'll I find it eventually. Me. It's just currently missing. That's all. It's just it happens. Uh huh. Yep. Still think you kill me. Hmm. There's a little whatever it is running around Facebook. Um. And it's making fun of what trees do in the spring. 
and I'm really tired of what <laughs> trees doing this spring. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so what has Mama Marcos done this week? So, <clears throat> she comes to pick me up yesterday. We were going to get our nails done. Unfortunately, our nail salon is in the midst of moving to a new location, and we had forgotten the date that was supposed to be happening. It started May 1st. They've not moved in completely into their new facility yet. There's some health checks that have to be done by the state or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, they're not open. And um, my mother, we went to Sally's Beauty Supply first to pick up nail polish because we didn't have a silver glitter, and she wanted to put silver glitter on her toes. And um, so we got, we went over to oh. and we bought some silver glitter, and they were actually having a sale on finger paints, which is a brand of nail polish. And she picked out her um, <clears throat> her glitter polish for her toenails, and um, we go to the place where the nail supply is supposed to be, and they're not there because they're still moving. Oh, it's really upsetting. And um, my mother is in her 60s, and she she said, damn it, and stomped her foot. Uh-huh. I said, really? Really? Get in the car. <laughs> I can't believe you're out on the park. And then, and then she complained for the next two hours because stomping her foot made her knee hurt. All her, right? So we go to the cafe, and um, we get all settled, and she's watching Madam Secretary um, on Amazon, um, which is a fan-fucking-tastic show, by the way. If you haven't watched Madam Secretary, I highly recommend it. Excellent show if you can get it on pay-per-view, like like, um, Mm on-demand or whatever, or or if you... If you trust me, buy it on Amazon. <laughs> it is fucking fantastic. It is a great show. I I kind of have a crush on Tay Leon, and I didn't like her before, but now I love her. They're just saying. Hmm. It's right up there with the closer, as far as I'm concerned, in, like, good female power. It's just really good, very empowering. Um, it's, it's really good. I, I like it a lot. So she's watching... Um, uh, Madam Secretary, and uh, every once in a while she'll cuss, just out of the blue, <laughs> like she's got Tourette's or something. <laughs> Damn it! Okay. Just out of the blue, shit! <laughs> I'm like, uh-huh. we all just take to looking at her whenever she does it, and she's watching her on her computer. And at some point, she's got her hand over her mouth, and shit, and she'll. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is she watching? I said, Madam Secretary. Um, and it was the episode uh, where um, Elizabeth, that's um, the character that Taylor plays, is in the Middle East. And um, my mom was just a nervous wreck. <laughs> uh-huh. It was a great episode. And the end, I look over, and, she, and my mom's crying in public. I was like, would you please stop? <laughs> what is wrong with you? You just ruined your... Your badassness is gone forever. <laughs> Crying over a TV show in public. She told me to kiss her ass. Literally. Well, she geez. told me to kiss her ass. Not like kiss it or, um, 
you know, something quaint and cute like kiss my, you know, kiss my grits or, um, or but she actually said kiss my ass. Yeah. Which is almost as terrible as last week when we were in the cafe and I was talking about her while she was across the room. And I looked up and it was like she had some kind of built-in radar or maybe she has me bugged. I don't know, but I looked up and looked over at her and she shot me the bird. <laughs> like she uh, knew I was talking about her and maybe she did because I was talking about her. In fact, she probably shooting me the bird right now. All the way from her house, come on. Yeah, it's entirely possible. Um, So I was writing porn, and she turns to me and asks me what I was doing, and I said, I'm writing porn, I'm actually mid-penetration. I put put this on Twitter. And she said, well, when they get finished, I I need some tea. Yeah. And um, (laughs) she meant that, I had to go get her tea. So after I finished writing the sex scene, I get up to go get in line. And there's like a line, like eight people in line. It was ridiculous to get her some tea. Mm-hmm. And um, because she wanted hot tea and she had, uh, she bought a cold drink, which had free refills, but she wanted tea, hot tea. Um, and um, so I'm in line and I look up and this woman has taken my computer off my table. And it's got it on hers and she's reading my porn. Which is not unusual. She does read my porn. So I turn back, and when I come back, my computer is on my desk. And this is when I realize that my mother had learned how to use track changes. Uh huh. That's right. My mother has used track changes. And she has corrected. <laughs> and you've already told me My before work. that you don't even and bother. Yeah, you don't even bother to spell check when, the, as you're writing. No, you just, you no, know, no, right no, no, right right no, no. Yeah. Um, and um, it was only in one spot. But she made sure the changes was on, so I would know she did it. <sighs> and her note on the side was, I didn't mean pencil here. <laughs> oh, As a matter of fact, I didn't mean pencil, but I also didn't mean penis, is what she inserted. Um, okay. Um, so yeah my mom wrote penis on my manuscript I don't use the word penis often in my fic um, uh, as a rule Um, it was actually the gay werewolf book that I'm writing that I started on Rough Trade um, is now at uh, hold on I'll tell you it is now at Forty nine K. It's forty nine K. Wow. That's fabulous. My mother reads everything I write. My mother recently confessed my mother recently confessed to having read Ties That Bind. Oh my God. 
Okay, yes. then. Yes, indeed. Uh, I was like, really? And she went, yes, yes. And then I couldn't read those other ones because they were members only, so I had to make a membership. I said, you're a member of my site? <laughs> she said, yes, but I don't mess with anything. And I'm just, I said, Mother, I told you not to go to my gay porn site. She said, I don't like having limits put on me. Her exact words. I don't like having limits put on me. Oh, God, this is the greatest thing ever. It's almost as bad as when she got the handicap sticker for her car and decided she couldn't park anywhere else but handicapped spots. And she was fussing <laughs> because uh, she couldn't park in a regular spot. She says, "My, I'm just so limited now. I have just so I just it's, it's very limiting." I said, "Mama, you can park in a regular spot." She says, "Well, I got a sticker for a reason. I went down there and got in line and waited, so I should no. I park in handicap." I said, "But you, okay." She probably does. There is a fucking link right there on my site. What am I supposed to do? Block her IP? I don't even... I don't need limits put on me. That's right. No limits for Uh, my mama. You know, here's the thing. I I, I gave my mom your site. You know, here, look, look over here, enjoy this. You know, understand what these terms are. Have fun. She's never read them. My mom has my book. She's never read it. All right. My my reaction to my dad uh, saying he was going to read it was, "Okay, enjoy." You know. I you know um, my porn gets passed around my family. Uh, I'm I really don't um, care if my mom reads my stuff. Mm-hmm. I you know um, no, I don't care. Oh, there was that day that she. She called me and she told me that she didn't think that I needed to write um, felching. I said, Mother, I don't write felching. She said, are you sure? I said, are you sure you know what felching means? Because I promise you I don't write it. And she was actually confusing rimming and felching. Yes. They, they, they are My mother thinks things. rimming is inappropriate. Uh, that's right. Then she better not go into the inception pattern because that's where we got infected by it from. That's where all the rimming is. <laughs> yes, it is. I don't, you know, there is no let in my world, Jilly, because my site is public and my mother is a member and she's with a she's a member with an email address that I don't know. Because I looked yeah, up the email because I do know, and she's not in the membership directory. And I looked up all the names she would normally use, and she's not using that name either. So my mother has made a secret identity on my site, and I asked her about it. I said, well, what's your um, <laughs> your name? And she says, I don't think I should tell you because you said that I shouldn't friend you on Facebook because you were afraid I would out you. Well, I don't want you to out me. Oh God! I said, I said, Mother, oh, do you God. have a second Facebook? Uh, no, of course not. I said, Mother, oh, do you have a God. second Facebook? And she went, That's just none of your business. And so, oh. is she is she on headquarters? 
and rough trade? I don't know. I don't know. Mm. I don't. Mama Marcus could know. be listening to us. She could be reading rough right trade. Right now, she could be. Yes, she She's could be. She's a million guys. She, we yeah. already know this. She's oh. And I have no clue. And since she's never commented, I can't even do a search for her IP address. Because when you comment on my site, um, it gives me the IP address that you're commenting from. What about if she likes something? It would show up as a WordPress. It wouldn't show up as an IP address. It would just be a WordPress-like. Okay. So, yeah, I don't have any clue. I don't know. Um. (laughs) (coughs) My God. Okay. Actually, Julie, I've had people contact and comment on my site with with a cell phone, and there is an IP address attached to it. It's usually just their cell phone carrier, though. It's really interesting. Unless they're using a Wi-Fi hotspot, and then it would be the IP address of the router that they're using. Hmm. Yeah. Right. I wouldn't know. I do know her home IP address, um, but I don't know who she's logging in as. I, I, I don't know. And I asked her why she made an account, and she said she wanted to read... Um, my Harry and Hermione. I'm thinking, oh my God, that's just that series is so filthy. I can't believe my mom was reading it. Well, then she read yeah, Ties at Binds, so that's really the limit, right? Oh, I mean, <clears throat> actually, I think I think the one that got, or the, there were two that got more interesting reactions. There's that first person um, uh, John Rodney one that she did with Rodney being the first person. Him being a stalker. That one got some interesting twitches. Yes. That one got some interesting twitches. And then there's the one where you explored uh, Sherlock ever so carefully hunting down people. Being a serial killer? Yes. No, my mom, th- mom thought that one was great. The only one, um, the only thing she had a problem with, and she, um, so I asked her, I said, well, what do you do? What did you think of Ties at Bind? She says, I think you should have killed that Jordan man. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm with your mother. I think you should have done She said, too. I think I'm the oldest person on your site. I said, no, you're not. No, you're not. I said, you're not even, like, you're, like, middle of the road, Mama. She said, really? I said, yeah, I've got I've got a fan who just turned 100. Oh, is that that older lady who, who uh, fell out of contact with you for a while, or, or is it somebody no, new? No, no. No, no, I'm pretty sure uh, she passed. No, this is um, this uh, is somebody who's also been with my site since the beginning. But um, yeah, she sent me an email because I had updated. Last time I updated, it was actually her hundredth birthday, and she emailed me to let me know that it was a great birthday present. But I didn't even know it was her birthday. But I, I wrote it down so next year I can do it again, and hopefully she'll still be with us. Yes, I do have a couple cool. of Sherlock fix on my site. Um, yeah, my mom um, read Tangled Destinies. Um, and it's her favorite. Her favorite is Tangled Destinies. She is a she, um, she is an old school Star Trek fan. So I'm not really surprised that it ended up being Tangled Destinies um, being her favorite. Um, 
Barbara, I think you are older than my mother. But she was really surprised to find out that um, that a lot of my readers are older than her. So, um, yeah. But her favorite is Tangled Destinies. Um, So... Awareness continues. Welcome. Mm-hmm. So, so um, um, I'm going to um, make a topic on um, rough trade for uh, topic suggestions for boot camp. So you guys make sure to hop over there when I do that and uh, comment and make a suggestion about topics. And I'll keep a list of what I don't use now I'll use in the future. It will just be mm-hmm. a post that we'll keep, and um, I'll try not to delete it by accident. <laughs> We're down to six minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, family that listens to my radio show, currently numbers four. Um, both of my cousins that I grew up with, the girl and the boy, Stan, both listen to me, and um, they uh, they gave me a list of topics I, a list of topics I'm not allowed to discuss. Um, my cousin in Arizona is also listening, but not regularly and not live. He puts some on, he puts the podcast on his um, on his <laughs> MP3 player so that when he runs, he can listen to me, bitch, and talk about sex. <laughs> Mostly, as we all know, talk about sex, which is not really uh-huh. a surprise because he got the sex talk from me, uh-huh. and he's a year older. Okay. Dan is currently yeah. dating a boy, and oh, um, this man, not boy, this this man has a kid, um, and um, the kid hates Stan. It's a thing. Um, they're trying to work the kid into it, but he's just not having any of it. I mean, he's like five or four or five, and he hates him. He just hates him. <laughs> and what's really funny is they brought them to the cafe while me and Mom were there, and the kid loved me. Mm-hmm. And I told him, By I said, way, you know, he's he's just jealous, and he'll calm down if you stop trying so hard. He's he's just jealous because you're getting time with his dad. So you know, just don't um, don't don't try so hard. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's really what it boils down mm-hmm. to. Anyway, he's 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 got that going on, and it doesn't help that he really really likes this man. So I think that um, he's going to end up bribing the kid. <laughs> Because he asked me, he says, "What would be a good bribe?" I said, "Disney World." Uh huh. <laughs> I said, "You take a kid to meet Mickey Mouse, you're gonna—he's gonna be your fan for life." <laughs> mm, probably. And the, the real problem is, is that Stan looked like that's a good idea. <laughs> so if those three go to Orlando oh, this boy. summer, I won't be surprised at all. Yeah. By the way. Every time you say, start saying, let's talk about sex, this is what comes up in my head, is TLC. <laughs> the song? Probably not TLC. Salt and Pepper, sorry. 
Stan yeah. is pretty much a male version of me. Um, the three of us grew up together, and she, and he is um, he's he's a graphic artist in his spare time as a hobby. He's doing a um, a graphic novel, and it's really really good. I really like it a lot. So I hope that um, he gets um, some attention with it when he gets ready to publish it. Um, he does that really beautiful digital art like you see on DeviantArt. And he has a DeviantArt, like, a fuck ton of followers. And he's really good. And um, he's doing a graphic novel, and it's a sci-fi, and it's fantastic. It's a space opera, and it's just really good. And um, he's bisexual, never been married. And um, I don't know if he wants to get married, but he's just, he's as big as bitch as me. He's definitely got spinning wheels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I will do a sex talk thing. That that'll be a lot of fun. We can um do sex questions and um then I'll answer the questions. Maybe do a question and answer format and you guys can write the questions in advance. That way um we can kinda direct it and keep it on keep it on um on task so it can be used as an educational yeah. tool if you would like to. Um and, and give time to to go find the the uh, correct um, links. That'll be helpful too. We're down to ninety seconds. You guys remember to go over to Rough Trade. I'm going to do the the uh, topic in just a few seconds. Go over to Rough Trade and submit your ideas for topics. Um, I'm looking for both tropes um, and fandoms. Uh, just you know. Things you want to see. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, things you want to see. Yes, all the standards. You know, be well, be kind. I, yeah, I do agree, don't Twisted, that if we've added a new rule to the Minion lexicon, it is don't reuse condoms. So that brings our total to uh-huh. don't be an asshole. No, no ass, ass to mouth. mouth. And don't reuse condoms. And we're down to 36 seconds. You guys have a great weekend, and be safe, play safe, and have a lot of fun. Yes, indeed. Bye-bye, all. Shut up and sit down. Can't wait for summer? Old Navy's huge summer sale starts now. All jeans, all tees, all dresses, and all shorts are on sale up to 50% off. Jeans start at $15 for adults, $10 for kids. Shorts from $12 for adults, $7 for kids. Buy online and pick up in-store for free today. All jeans, tees, dresses, and shorts are on sale up to 50% off. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 5-6 to 5-12. Excludes in-store clearance. Active license, men's packaged, and flag tees. 
500 vehicles to sell, 500 ways to save. One month only at Phil Penny Mitsubishi during May Memorial Month. Now through May 31st, we will accept your credit application. A $200 down payment and a $350 a week paycheck can get you a new Mitsubishi. Don't forget, every new vehicle comes with our 10-year unlimited warranty. You can win 5,000 months with our 5K test drive giveaway. Visit PhilPennyMitsubishi.com. To qualify buyers on a free credit, warranty valid through 10-year ownership on new vehicles only. One entry per household per month. Must be 21 with valid driver's license and insurance. See dealer for details.